Grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This is a recording of the Key Road Film Society, a place where you could hear about movies and pop culture uh, from a Lutheran point of view, a Lutheran worldview, and you'll get to hear, including some stuff about uh, pop culture, every now and then you might get a nice, just simple theological teaching. So, uh, today we have no real set theme. Uh, I was thinking about uh, trying to develop a theme out of the um, what I had, but um, really everything's going to be pretty disjointed today. So what I have for plans is I'm going to talk about the movie The Jungle Book, uh, which came out in theaters this past week, and I did get to go see it. Uh, so I'm going to talk about that a little bit. Um, I As the... The summer movie season is right around the corner. I'm going to talk on that, talk about uh, some of the movies that really stand out to me for this coming summer. And then we're going to uh, end the episode by talking about Star Wars The Force Awakens. So with all that in mind, without any further delay, here is a trailer from the movie uh, The Jungle Book, which came out this last weekend. to run with the pack one of these days you'll be someone's dinner I can't help but notice there's the strange odor today man is forbidden but I nap a lot. Alright, so that is uh, the trailer for the movie The Jungle Book. Uh, it came out this past Friday, as was mentioned. Uh, a stunning cast in this film. Uh, just give you the names that you have in there. You've got 
Bill Murray, Ben Kingsley, Idris Elba, uh, Scarlett Johansson, Christopher Walken, uh, Gary Shanling, John Favreau, <laughs> Sam Raimi. Uh, those two are directors, interestingly, too. But you have, you know, so those are some pretty big-name actors uh, voicing the various characters in this movie. Uh, now, if the movie, like, and the movie was, you know, turned out to be very successful so far. I got 94% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, it's uh, made $103.6 million on its opening weekend, which for an April release, mid-April release, is quite an accomplishment because usually this is the time of the year where your where movies are a lot of times don't even make twenty or thirty million on their opening weekend. So a hundred three is a huge, huge um, number, and and there's a reason because it really was a good movie. Uh, it had, uh, like I said, great voice acting. It had a good story. Uh, the CGI was um, really good. It had some uh, really good adventure. And, uh, and you know, I went. Uh, one of the things that's kind of nice when you go to these kind of kids' movies is going to a theater where you have other kids. It's you got to hear the little kids getting excited by it and uh, being engaged, in, uh, their imaginations being engaged with the movie. And. Like I said, it's all around a pretty well done movie. They have, uh, and they make some nods to the original animated film uh, that is, you know, probably more well known to many of you. Uh, they definitely make use of that song, uh, The Bare Necessities, that's so well f um, known with this movie, uh, with this story. Uh, like I said, just all together, a very good movie. Uh, Disney, you know, really is on a roll this year. I mean, it started out the year with Force Awakens, which, you know, I'm going to review in a little bit. Hey, there's a theme. That we're talking about Disney movies. But, uh, like I said, it started out with that in January. Uh, February, it didn't really do much. In March, you had Zootopia, which was a great movie. April now, you have uh, The Jungle Book. And then next month, um, I'm actually going to... This actually leads me into the next segment of my little uh, uh, episode here. This podcast is next month is Captain America Civil War. And I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But I mean, it, Disney is just hitting home run after home run this year. And some very well-reviewed movies so far. And like I said, Jungle Book, 94%. Zootopia last month had 98 so it is doing very good as a studio right now. And uh, both Zootopia and uh, Jungle Book really, really inspire the imagination. Uh, if I were to give a review, you know, uh, kind of give a five-star rating on what I would give this movie, I would say probably three and a half stars, I would say, uh, would be probably a fair review. Uh, and so... Um, so I, I recommend seeing it if you haven't. Uh, go take it, especially if you have any you know co younger cousins or grandkids. Go. If you don't, go anyways. It's okay to go to kids' movies as an adult. So, uh, one thing I should. Um, so that's all I have really for the Jungle Book. 
Uh, like I said, two. I like I said, three and a half out of five stars is kind of my review on it. And like I said, go check it out if you can. Bring uh, when you get a chance or whatever. So this is going to lead me into because this is you know this isn't really kicking off the uh, the summer movie season. Not quite yet. We still got a few weeks. Uh, you know, Batman v Superman came out a few weeks ago. We have the Jungle Book. All this is showing is that. You know, April and March is starting to have good movies. And February had a good movie with Deadpool. Uh, we're starting to have more and more movies. We're having less and less of the off-month years, which kind of I like because it really stinks. Like, you know, it's, you know, like next week, I try to, I'm looking at the movies that come out. you got The Huntsman, uh, Winter's War, which is at 16% right now on Rotten Tomatoes. I really don't want to see it. It's going to be nice when we start to see more uh, good movies coming out, especially in the April months, because April is, you know, just one of the worst months of the whole year when it comes to movies. But it may not be quite the summer season yet, but the summer season is very, very close. And so we only have two weekends until the first movie comes out. And so with that... Um, I'm going to begin to go through some of the movies that I am looking forward to this summer. And so the first movie that I'm looking forward to is this one. If someone dies on your watch, you don't give up. Who said we're giving up? We are for not taking responsibility for our actions. This document just shifts the blame. Sorry, Steve, that, that is dangerously arrogant. This is the United Nations we're talking about. It's not the World Security Council. It's not S.H.I.E.L.D. It's not Hydra. No, but it's run by people with agendas, and agendas change. That's good. That's why I'm here. When I realized what my weapons were capable of in the wrong hands, I shut it down to stop manufacturing. You chose to do that. If we sign this, we surrender our right to choose. But if this panel sends us somewhere we don't think we should go? What if there's somewhere we need to go, and they don't let us? We may not be perfect, but the safest hands are still our own. If we don't do this now, it's going to be done to us later. Suit up. Team Cap. Wow, this is awesome. Team Iron Man. Want to see something cool? On May 6th, whose team are you on? It seems that we need to intense for the reviewers in theaters May 6th. about our other... Okay, that wasn't really a great trailer version. I didn't really... Probably should have previewed that before... Um, I used it, but some... I was actually kind of a neat, interesting little scene that I just opened with. Kind of gave you a nice little story into what's going to go on. So the first movie that's going to come uh, come out to launch the... <coughs> the Marvel... Um, or not the Marvel, but the whole summer movie season is going to be Captain America Civil War. And... Uh, obviously, this is going to be one of the big, big movies of the summer. And uh, just a little heads up, as this movie is already getting really good reviews. It's on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. It's already at 95%. It's only 19 reviews, so that could uh, definitely drop a bit between now and its release. But 95%, it's a very good start, averaging 8.4 out of 10. And like I you know, Marvel just keeps having a lot of good movies. Uh, I mean, even its so-so movies are still good. And Marvel has a huge leg up on um, the DC cinematic. Uh, you know, I kind of hope DC starts to put up a better fight, but 
And, you know, Batman v Superman is getting things rolling a little bit. But right now, uh, Marvel is in control. And from what we're seeing of Captain America Civil War, that's just going to keep rolling. And so the release date of that is, um, will be on May uh, 6th. Uh, so I get encourage you to go see it. Captain America Civil War. Uh, the battle between Iron Man and Captain America and all these different characters. Uh, May 20th will be the release of the Angry Birds movie. Uh, admittedly, probably not going to be you know an Oscar movie, Oscar winning movie. I only put it on this just because from what I've seen of the trailers, it actually doesn't look awful. It doesn't look too terrible. And so for that reason, you know, I'm going to put it as a potentially decent movie. So uh, no promise that it will be a good movie, but, you know, it's worth noting for the month of May. Uh, the next movie I have is it's starring Ryan Gosling and, the Ru and Russell Crowe. Uh, it's called The Nice Guys. Uh, here's the synopsis. It says, in 1977, Los Angeles, a down-on-his-luck private eye, Ryan Gosling, works with a hired enforcer to investigate the disappearance of a girl and the death of a porn star. Uh, from what I've seen in the trailers, it looks really funny, and uh, you have two very good actors in this movie, so I think it might be worth watching. Uh, next up, this is... The next up movie is Alice Through the Looking Glass. Comes out on May 27th. Uh, I liked Alice in Wonderland uh, that Tim Burton did a few years ago. I know not everyone did, but I really enjoyed it. And I'm going to do it uh, a tra uh, a review of it, a review and analysis episode on it. Um, some point later, maybe I'll do that in May to for the lead up to that move to the release of Alice Through the Looking Glass, but. Like I said, I, I like it, and so I'm looking forward to its release. Uh, here's the next movie that I'm looking forward to, and it's trailer. Doesn't it ever wake you up in the middle of the night? The feeling that someday they'll come for you and your children. I feel a great swirl of pity for the poor soul that comes to my school looking for trouble. Some believe that the first mutant was born thousands of years ago. He was some kind of god, and he's going to rise again. You are all my children, and you're lost because you follow blind leaders. No more false gods. I'm here now. He always had four followers. Like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Together, we will cleanse the earth to the strongest. And take everything from them. He means to destroy this world. Billions of people killed. The world needs the X-Men. You're gonna join them, aren't you? Wanted me to get out of the house more, right? It's all of us. Against a god. Let's go to war. Forget everything you think you know.
You're not students anymore. You're X-Men. So that is the trailer for X-Men Apocalypse, which is coming out on May 27th. Uh, I'm liking what I'm seeing of the trailer. Apocalypse is, you know, he's one of the granddaddy villains. And it's kind of nice we're starting to see those really big villains in movies. And so it looks like X-Men is the one that beat everybody to the punch. And Because really when you think about it, there are three really monster villains in comic books. And you have, you know, it's basically Darkseid... Thanos, Apocalypse, and you could probably throw in Galactus as well. And Galactus has shown up, but they horribly uh, messed him up. So we're going to just pretend that hasn't happened yet. But Apocalypse has come out, has um, shown up in, uh, it's going to show up in an X-Men. Uh, <clears throat> in a couple years, we're going to see Thanos, and it won't be probably too long before we see Darkseid. So I love seeing these characters showing up in movies. Uh, so X-Men Apocalypse, May 27th, I'm looking forward to. Uh, June 3rd is going to be the release of uh, TMNT, Out of the Shadows, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, the last TMNT movie I was not a huge fan of. And I thought it was, you know, it's your typical Michael Bay movie. And there's a very good chance that this new one's going to be the same situation. But I do have some hope from what I've seen in the previews, that maybe, just maybe, it might be good. But I'm not going to hold my breath on this. So, here comes next, uh, the next movie, the movie I'm looking forward to on June 10th. Dark forces are upon us. Our world is on the edge of war. It's death to all things. So why are you here? To save our people. We must fight together. For orcs, there is no other life but war. But with the human's help, there could be. Can we trust him? They're beasts. They should all be destroyed. Are you sure about that? How can we side with the humans against our own kind? This is suicide. And I'm here. I would stay with you. We'll protect the kingdom, you and I. We will try. My friend. Warcraft, the beginning. So that movie is uh, Warcraft, based on the World of Warcraft, or the Warcraft video games. Uh... I've played a lot of World of Warcraft through the years, and while that movie might very well be really cheesy, and that's kind of looking like it might be, I'm still hoping for a potentially good movie, and at the very least, I get to see this vid this game that I played forever uh, come to life, and we'll see how it goes. So, uh, looking forward to that. Uh, June 17th is Finding Dory. Uh, whenever... Uh, Pixar comes out with a movie. I always look forward to it because Pixar is just the masters of filmmaking. Uh, 
Inside Out last year was just just an absolutely phenomenal movie. Uh, the Good Dinosaur wasn't a great movie, but it was definitely very solid. So, you know, Finding Dory, I'm looking forward to. The trailers have looked pretty good on it. So that's uh, June 17th. Uh, June 24th is this movie. So that is the trailer for the movie uh, Independence Day Resurgence, which is coming out June 24th. Uh, I was a huge fan of the original movies, came out back when I was a, a young lad. I think it was, oh, probably 12 years old. I was junior high age when that came out. Loved that movie. Uh, and from the what I've seen of the trailers so far, it looks like it might be entertaining again, and so it might be a very good movie. And who knows, it actually, some of the, the trailers, in some ways, actually, it might even look better than the original movie. So the one thing that we'll be missing is we'll miss having Will, Smith, uh, Will Smith's uh, uh, comedic uh, quips and things like that, but I like what I see. Uh J July 1st will be the release of Legend of Tarzan. Uh, July 15th is Ghostbusters. Uh, normally, I would be absolutely ecstatic about that one because I love Ghostbusters. Uh, I have a Ghostbusters poster up in the living room. It's one of my favorite movies of all time, probably a top five favorite movie of all time. And... I have absolutely no excitement for this movie based on what I've seen in the trailers, but I sh I do have it on this list. I'm acknowledging it. Uh, you know, 
it's coming out. I'm sure some of you might want to see it. And uh, I'm going to watch how people respond and then I'll s decide whether I want to spend money on it. And if I still don't like what, what, if I don't like what I'm hearing, I'll just wait until it comes out on Redbox or something. But um, it's coming out July 15th. Uh, July 22nd is going to be the release of Star Trek Beyond. Uh, this is another, this is one, you know, I, Star Trek, uh, the, the first Star Trek that J.J. Abrams did, I absolutely loved. And I say this as a non-Star Trek fan, so Star Trek fans out there are like, how dare you say that movie was good, it was horrible, some of you might be thinking. Uh, but, you know, I'm not a traditional Star Trek fan, and from that standpoint, I liked it. Uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, uh... Wasn't quite as good, but I still was okay with it. Uh, and what I've been seeing of the trailers of Star Trek Beyond, though, has not really excited me all that much. And so it looks kind of messy, and it looks like uh, nobody got a grasp on what they're doing with the movie, so it kind of worries me. But that's just going from trailers. Maybe the movie will turn out better. I'll probably see it uh, in hopes that it's better than what the trailers are looking but so that's uh, July 22nd and here comes what I'm looking forward to on July 29th my god that's Jason Bourne why would he come back now I know who I am I remember everything remembering everything doesn't mean you know everything the world is at war we need the perfect weapon. Alright, so that is <clears throat> the Jason Bourne movie. Uh, that's going to come out on July 29th. Uh, I liked, you know, I like Bourne Identity, Bourne Supremacy, Bourne Ultimatum. Three great movies. And so this one uh, is bringing back, uh, <clears throat> you know, Matt Damon's Jason Bourne. That gives me excitement. It's great action, great fight scenes. Uh, some of the best fight scenes in film has been from the Bourne movies. So I'm looking forward to this release. Uh, hopefully it goes back to the strength of what Bourne Ultimatum and Supremacy started. Uh, August 5th movie I am looking forward to. Gentlemen, ladies... What if Superman had decided to fly down, rip off the roof of the White House, grab the president right out of the Oval Office? Who would have stopped him? some very bad people who I think can do some good. Y'all jokers must be crazy. What? This is the deal. You disobey me, you die. Try to escape, you die. You a boyfriend. You irritate or vex me. I'm known to be quite vexing. I'm just forewarning you. You die. If they get caught, we throw them under the bus. 
gonna get jarred. That is a Suicide Squad coming out on August 5th. Uh, you know, a DC Comics movie, which I hope that will be a good one. Uh, listening to what I saw in that trailer, I've, been, I've started to wonder if Jared Leto will be a really good Joker. And so that trailer is beginning to give me confidence about what they're going to bring with it. Uh, it might be a really good movie. And uh, <clears throat> I kind of noticed in one of the lines in that trailer... They mentioned the comment, what if uh, Superman ripped the roof off the White House? Part of me felt like that was a little bit of a nod to Superman 2, where uh, General Zod ripped the roof off of the White House. Uh, so, but, so that's the movie I'm looking forward to, August 5th. August 12th is, I have on here, Ben-Hur. Uh, Ben-Hur is a movie that I, I'm going to probably check it out just to see how they do. But it is one of those movies that's a very, very bold movie to release. Uh, because the original Ben-Hur is one of the greatest movies ever made in the history of ever. And it is really, really bold to remake that. And I'm really nervous if forever for the guys that are making that. It might turn out to be a really good movie. But I am not going to get hold my breath on it. Uh, the other movie that comes out on August 12th is the one that has, is this movie. That is the trailer for the movie that is called is Pete's Dragon, uh, which is a live adaptation of the animated film that came out many years ago. And 
the trailer looks good, to be honest. And the one thing I'm going to have make is just a slight comment, though. Um, in my movies review, my previews, uh, I have Legend of Tarzan, Pete's Dragon on this list, and then also throw in uh, the Jungle Book, which I just talked about earlier. That's three movies, and plus, you know, Cinderella came out last year. Uh, next year, Beauty and the Beast is coming out in a live action. I'm not sure how keen I am on this um, trend. Now, granted, these are good movies that come, have come out so far. My problem is, is I'm worried about this steering kids away from animation. And I mean traditional animation. I'm not talking computer animation like Pixar does. And I love what Pixar does. But I would, I, you know, traditional animation is all pretty much, is dead already. And I, I feel like this, I'm worried that this is going to further hinder the possibility of the revival of it. Because I would love to see traditionally animated movies revive. Because there, it, it is wonderful to see a good um, animated movie. And right now, as it is, there, I mean, there's kids love to draw. But they're not seeing that in film. They're not seeing movies with all these characters drawn to inspire kids to be creative. And when you make all these movies live action, I really get this feeling that they're weakening um, that desire in children to be creative and to... Uh, you know, to want to draw, to get into the arts. So, that's just my one little comment. I do look forward to these movies. I think they're going to be good movies. It's just kind of a little comment that people are going to feel like the only way you can do animation is with computer animation. But what if a kid is really good at drawing animation, but not so good at the computer end of it? And we're kind of, we're shutting that off. And I think... And those movies are good. I mean, look at The Lion King. Look at uh, Aladdin and the original Beauty and the Beast. Look at the original Cinderella. There's some great traditional animated movies out there. And I really, really wish they would not do this as happily as they have been. I know it's all about making money and everything, but it is, it's kind of erasing an, an art form. So... Uh, that's what I got for my uh, my uh, preview for the summer. Uh, most of these movies I'll probably watch, and I'll give kind of a short synopsis review of it, like I did with the Jungle Book book earlier um, in the show. But this all sets up, and so we're with that in the background and getting looking forward to it, I guess as well. Uh, we're going to begin to do uh, a review of. Star Wars The Force Awakens, and with that, I leave you to listen to this trailer. Who are you? I'm no one.
Alright, so that is the trailer to uh, Star Wars Force Awakens. I think that was the last one that they released. Uh, the movie came out in uh, May, or not May, Jan December of this past year. And of course, it was a, a massive success. It's episode 7 of what is really arguably the most... Uh, actually, without argument, to be honest. Definitely the most successful film franchise ever uh just to give you some ideas of how much it made this is what it says on box office mojo uh star wars force awakens has made uh 935 million dollars in the united states um approaching 936 uh the domestically it's made over two billion dollars uh, one of only three movies in the history of cinema to make over $2 billion worldwide. Uh, the other two movies being Avatar and Titanic. Uh, the franchise of Star Wars, as I was mentioning, you know, being the highest grossing franchise, you know, the most successful franchise of all time, I'd say that's a very fair assessment given the fact that it is the second highest grossing uh, film franchise of all time. The only one that's made more money is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But Marvel Cinematic Universe has an extra four movies. So, uh, but through eight movies, Star Wars has made $2.8 billion in the United States, averaging $356 million per movie, which is quite astonishing, especially when you consider the fact that three of its movies came out back in the 70s and the 80s when, when tickets were a lot cheaper and getting to, you know, three, four hundred million dollars was a lot tougher task than it is now. So it's, you know, definitely the biggest franchise ever made. So what about Force Awakens? Now, there are people out there that are very negative about the movie. And they'll try to make the claim that Star Wars Force Awakens, it's just like uh, 
You know, it's just like a new hope. It's just new hope rehashed. But the thing is, is if you watch the movie, it yes, it has similarities to um, Star Wars: uh, A New Hope. The you know the very first Star Wars movie. There's similarities, yes, but they're not the same. This what it is is it's plot devices. They're using. You know, a former story, a former installment of this film franchise. And they're using those different events, those different scenes to subvert what you know. They play off of it. Um, and it works this way throughout the movie. And by the way, I should note that this is going to have spoilers as I go through this. As I review and analyze this. Uh, when I, you know, when the movie is in theaters, I will not spoil it. But now that it's been on DVD for almost uh, for a couple weeks already, I do not feel too bad about spoiling the movie. So this is your warning. I will have spoilers. So, so talk on the movie. What do I like about it? Uh, <clears throat> what I love about the movie is I like the actors. Uh, I mean, for I mean, obviously they bring back the stars. They bring back Harrison Ford. They bring back. Uh, Mark <clears throat> Mark Hamill, uh, you know those beloved actors, and those beloved characters playing you know Han Solo and Luke Skywalker and Leia um, Organa, and you know they do really well in their roles. But the thing is that really stands out for me more is actually the new people, and uh, what I love is these new characters or these new actors. Uh, they do really good. Uh, let's see, you have the characters you got in there. You've got Ray, who is this, you know, pretty much the lead character of the film, uh, played by Daisy Ridley. But you also have in there John Boyega, who plays Finn. You have Oscar Isaac as Poe da Dameron. Um, Adam Driver as Kylo Ren. The thing that is, is, you know, look at all these actors, these performances. I'm, I'm impressed. I love the chemistry that uh, Ridley and Boyega have. I love the character that Ray plays. I like the, how they play off of Harrison Ford uh, when he comes into the scenes. Uh, they all play together very well. I did, and I love that Hans, you know, Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher still had that role, and there's this scene in the movie where Han is about to go off to uh, destroy the, you know, the ultimate weapon of the movie. And <clears throat> the, he sees, he's saying goodbye to Leia. And it, it almost feels like, it almost is, feels like you're, you know, a beloved grandparents or aunt and uncle, an older couple that you know that has always loved each other so dearly. And watching them share their love and affection is so beautiful. And I loved seeing that. Uh, very, very good scene. Um, so, you know, and then you have Daisy and, uh, or Ray and Finn working off each other. And Ray and Finn and Poe, Dameron, they worked off of each other. They bounced off of one another one so well it looked like these guys really liked being with hanging out with each other you know i uh, kind of feel like with finn and poe it feels like you're gonna get one of those uh you're gonna get a guy love type thing like what you've got from um you know think of scrubs if you're a fan of that show 
uh, you definitely see a guy love thing going on. The facts about me and you are love unspecified. Though I'm proud to call you chocolate bear, the crowd will always talk and stare. I feel exactly those feelings too, and that's why I keep them inside. Cause this bear can't bear the world's disdain. And sometimes it's easier to hide and explain our guy love. That's all it is. Guy love, he's mine, I'm his. There's nothing gay about it in our eyes. You ask me about this thing we share, and he tenderly replies, It's guy love between two guys. We're closer than the average man and wife. That's why our matching bracelets say Turk and Jadid. There's no need to clarify. Oh no. Just let it grow more and more each day. It's like I married my best friend. But in a totally manly way. Let's go! It's guy love. Don't compromise the feeling of some other guy holding up your heart into the sky. I'll be there to care through all. So that, sorry, I had to play that whole song. I love that. Uh, I, I love that from the show Scrubs. Uh, so that's kind of what I see going on between Poe Dameron and uh, Finn, the guy love thing. And I, some reason or another, people immediately go to that this is a gay cup, gay relationship going on. And I really hope they don't because the thing is, it's very clear that Finn has an interest in Ray. It's very clear that the guy is straight because he's asking these questions. So he's like, so why do you need to go back? Is it family, friends, uh, boyfriend? And, you know, he's grabbing hold of her hands. It's clear this guy has a crush on her. So, um... So I don't know why people think that there's going to be a gay relationship between the two when it simply could be guy love between two guys. Uh, so, and by the way, there is a whole, whole discussion I could go into that on that subject. But I'm going to leave that alone for now. Uh, there, the One of the marquee, the, you know, the big, big moments of the movie, there's two really, really big moments. The biggest of which is, and I said, spoiler alert, big spoiler alert, the biggest moment is Harrison Ford, or Han Solo's death. And, and actually, I was, you know, I was watching this movie again, I was watching that scene, and I am kind of starting to wonder what other people have suggested, that Han may have actually turned that lightsaber on. Not Kylo. That... Han actually killed himself so that Kylo wouldn't have to. And the reason I'm wondering that, because if you look at where Han's hands is, hand is, because, you know, if anybody's ever had one of those, seen those uh, lightsabers, 
the trigger is usually on the lower part of the hilt. And that's where it appears that his hand is. And so that's why I wonder if he didn't press that button. But either, and which by the way, that creates a big, really interesting plot point. And because there's a lot of mysteries going around. Who is, um, who is Ray's parents? I don't think it's Luke Skywalker, um, as many are arguing. I think it's a little bit more mysterious. And some people are saying it's got to be Luke because this movie's all about Skywalker. And I'm really kind of wondering, is what if the movie isn't about um, Ray? What if the movie is the French, these three movies, what if Ray isn't actually the main character? What if Kylo Ren is the main character? It's just a thought. I mean, I could be, you know, I could be wrong, but what if he is the central character? What if this is really about him? Just as the first, you know, the first six movies were about, ultimately really about uh, Anakin Skywalker. What if this one's about Kylo Ren? Just a thought. But either way, that scene, the way it all plays out is a, there's a lot that goes into there. There's, there is that question, you know, did he help, did he alleviate off of him so that way his son would not f plunge into the dark side as far as, uh, you, know, Emperor, you know, as uh, Snoke, Snoke, or however you put it, whatever his name is, uh, is trying to push him. What if that's what's happening? And the scene itself, people are saying, you know, they didn't earn it. This is not necessary or whatever. But the thing is, is it actually plays out kind of similar to Empire Strikes Back. And that, you know, that epic scene of, you know, Vader, Vader and Luke. When Vader reveals to Luke that he is Luke's father. And... So it kind of compares to that, and also to some degree it compares to Luke fighting and laying down his arms for um, for the, so, so that uh, his father would have a change of heart. And there, it's the son reaching out to the father. Here, it's the father reaching out to the son. But in both cases, the father ends up dead. Interestingly. And the son lives on. And actually, that might actually even tell you something. You know, I just made that mention about the lightsaber. Why did Vader die? Because he sacrificed himself for his son. What if Han is doing for Rey what, Luke, what Vader did for Luke. It's a possibility, and that's kind of... I think there's something really deep... There's a, something deeper going on in that scene than meets the eyes, and we're going to find that out in the next two movies. Uh, so I don't have as big of a problem with that scene as some other people had. Does it suck that Han Solo is dead because he's one of the best characters? Yes. But it's it's I think it's actually there's something really good going on in that point. Uh, another scene that really stands out to me is the end scene. Uh, one of the last scenes is the battle between 
uh, Ray and uh, Kylo Ren. And that is an awesome, a very, very well done scene uh, with the snow and the trees. The, it's very poetic. It's very artistic. Um, I really like that because really there's not been a lot of... One of the big weak points of the prequels was that the lightsaber battles weren't very artistic um, as compared to uh, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Uh, A New Hope, the only lightsaber scene we saw wasn't very artsy, but I can kind of understand given that was the first one. But the other two, you know, Empire Strikes Back and and Return of the Jedi both had some very... Um, well-crafted lightsaber battles. And this one did too. It made use of the environment, the lighting, to make for a very picturesque scene. And so it's a really good example of what good directing. Uh, John Williams, of course, came back with a strong soundtrack in this movie. Uh, and like I said, with the, you know that example, what I mentioned of what happened between uh, Ray and or not Ray, but Kylo Ren and Han is one of those examples of how a lot of the things that seem similar to in the original movie isn't quite as similar as we think it is. A lot of it is subverted. A lot of it is flipped on its head, and this is called this is kind of basically taking what you're familiar with and giving you and taking what you expect to happen and going a different direction. And that happens throughout this movie. And that's why I don't believe, don't take this by this idea that this is, you know, plagiarized. And I could go into it in real detail and I don't really want to. Because I don't want my pot, this recording to be just about responding to people claiming that this is plagiarism. So it is a, um, it's a well done film. I like it. Uh, And I look forward to what we're going to see more of the Star Wars movies. Uh, on a scale of one to five, of a five star scale, I think I would give it four stars. Uh, so, uh, not the best Star Wars movie ever. I don't think it's better than Empire Strikes Back. Uh, probably not better than Return of the Jedi. So, but I definitely think it was a you know a quality movie. So four out of five stars is what I would give it. Uh, so. This leads me to the major theme that I do in the show. Uh, talk about themes in this movie. Uh, the first thing I'm going to have to say is that... And I don't want to dig too much into this because if I ever do an Empire Strikes Back review, I'd be able to dig with, into this a little bit more. But the worldview behind the Jedi, behind the Force, is based upon real worldviews. Um, it is definitely... Um, It's definitely a pantheist theology. Uh, the idea that God is in everything. You have this line where, from Maz Kanata. She says, I am no Jedi, but I know the Force. It moves through and surrounds every living thing. Close your eyes. Feel it. The light. It's always been there. It will guide you. So this is this is the a pantheistic idea that definitely definitely flows through the Star Wars 
the Jedi worldview, but we're not going to, I don't want to deal with that too much. But one thing I would like to focus in on, and I think this is the worldview of the Jedi, yes, you got to be cautious of what's going on. And, you know, emotivism, the idea that what, that truth comes from inside of you, which, yes, very, very prevalent issue in our time. Uh, that, you know, if I feel like I'm a woman, I am a woman type thinking, that is very prevalent. And uh, Star Wars definitely has that kind of mentality in it. But I want to kind of folk. I think I'm going to leave that for another time. Uh, and I, like I said, that kind of goes well with dealing with the original prequel, the original trilogy, especially Empire Strikes Back. But I, I, there's one little point though that I thought was actually worth noting that we can kind of listen to. And there's a, it's the point with Maz Kanata, and I cannot remember. I've been trying to look up the quote online so I could get it exact, but. She makes mention about how the dark side has always been there. You know, it's taken different forms, whether it be the Sith or the, uh, the Empire or the First Order. The darkness has numerous times descended over the galaxy. And I like that little line because it's, it speaks... It may, it's probably not speaking to the Judeo-Christian understanding of that. But that doesn't mean that we couldn't really take something out of that. And that is sin. Sin manifests itself in many ways. It manifests itself whether it be in the abusive father or husband. It manifests itself in the dishonest banker or the dishonest CEO that uh, led to the economic collapses that we saw in our country. It manifests itself in uh, um, in rapists. It manifests itself in the dishonest politician. It manifested itself in Nazi Germany, in um, human trafficking, in Genghis Khan, in Benito Mussolini, Joseph Stalin. It manifests itself even in you and in me. It manifests itself when I, whenever I've lied to my parents or disobeyed them. It manifests itself whenever, you know, drive over the speed limit to dishonor our government, which God placed over us. It manifests itself in many ways. Sin does. Because we are sinners and every single one of us carries the plague of sin. And that is the dark side, so to speak, that resides in every single human being. And so the light, it's always been there, it will guide you. But the light here is not the force. It's not this pantheistic thing but rather, the light is Christ. I am the light of the world, he said. Light has entered into the darkness, though the darkness is not understood, as it says in John. Thy word is a lamp unto thy feet, and a light unto thy path. Jesus, who is the word, 
is the light that will guide you, which guides you and allows you to stand against darkness. And when the light of Christ encompasses you in the preaching of the word in the, in the, in the Lord's Supper, the reception of the Lord's Supper, when we are baptized, no darkness can overcome it. Darkness may show itself in many and various ways, but nothing can overcome it. No darkness, no sin. Rather, this light, who is Jesus, overcame the darkness. Now, this is definitely not the worldview in Star Wars. Star Wars is definitely going to a very different worldview. But, and this is going to come out also when I talk about Empire Strikes Back, that doesn't mean that we cannot still see the glimpses of the Judeo-Christian worldview unintentionally showing up. And this is the way it goes with a lot of these movies. Even though they are not Christian, even though they have no intention of promoting a Christian worldview, sometimes it shows up without anyone, without them ever meaning it to. So, uh, that's what I've got for Force Awakens. I know that was an extremely deep, uh, there's... Uh, there's definitely more play. There's probably more deeper ones that I'm going to have, but that is the show for this week. Next week, uh, I'm going to begin to prepare for the Civil War, uh, Captain America Civil War release. So uh, next week, I'm going to review the two Iron Man, the first two Iron Man movies. Uh, the week after that, we're going to look at the first Captain America, and then the week of the release of Civil War. Uh, we're going to look at Captain America 2, and you're going to hear my Civil War review. So that's kind of giving you a rev uh, preview of the weeks to come. And till then, uh, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Again, this is the Key Row Film Society, and I am Pastor Neil Wemus. I am a pastor of three Lutheran churches in Northwest Iowa. You can find out about our churches at www.iowaoclutherans.org. Thank you, and God bless.